Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcoming your phone calls and text messages for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Hi, Teresa. Good, good to see you. Good we morning, We haven't seen Jenny. you for a while. I have been out, yes. Nothing we said? Uh, no, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Just wondering. I was just kind of busy. I see. Doing and that's stuff. good. Because mm-hmm. you Master Gardeners are really... Uh, educators, aren't you? I mean, that's, that's what you do. That's what we do. We share research-based information from the university to our neighborhoods. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's yep. what you do here on CCO Radio. I try. Saturday. I try my best. We appreciate that. <laughs> if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, now is your chance. And if you are a regular listener to the show, you know we tend to get a little busy here. So we would like to help you out. Uh, why don't you just uh, call us or send a text? Same number, by the way, applies Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six is the number for the phone call or the text messages. And here is a text messages that just came in. Okay. Should I be covering my strawberries with straw now? That's a really good question. Um, and it brings me to my stuff of things to do. But we'll answer your strawberry question first. You don't want to put your winter mulch on that would be the straw or the heavy bunch of leaves that you might put on your perennials you don't want to do that until the ground is frozen if you do it before the ground's frozen then the voles have a wonderful thatched roof and a nice warm floor and then they can eat all of your plant roots and you don't Mm, want that so you want to make sure the floor is turned to ice and then you can put the thatch roof on on top of that and that will keep the ground frozen and protect your plants and I know we have in, in recent shows uh, had a lot of texts and calls about uh, dormant seating in mm-hmm. your lawn. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing, right? You want to wait till it, it's you frozen. You want to wait until um, just before that first snow or that, that snow that's going to stay. Yeah. Um, because we have so many migrating birds, they'll eat a lot of that seed. Um, the voles will eat a lot of that seed. So you want to kind of get out there just before just before the ground, um, the snow comes, and then that will protect that seed, maybe. I know that we, uh, those of us who had uh, damage, a lot of damage on the boxwoods mm-hmm. uh, over the last uh, year, uh, should people be covering things like that, shrubs? You know, you want to look at your plants. Your evergreens, they're, they lose moisture during the entire season, especially during the winter, and it's so dry out there. You know how you're how your skin gets so dry. Well, the, yeah. they get really dry too. Um, so you, the the best thing to do is the right plant in the right place. So if they're not sitting out there being buffeted by the by the west winds and the hot west and south sunshine during the summer, during the daytime in the winter, that's good. Also, give them as much water as possible before the ground freezes because then their roots have are as plump as they can be and they have that water store to draw on so they don't come out of winter dormancy with winter damage. Yeah. And that's for all your evergreens, your boxwoods, your and your, your pines and spruces. And what was a like tough that. year last year? It was a really hard yeah. year last year, yeah. yeah, for all of us, plants and people. Yes, true. <laughs> Uh, here's another text, uh, and uh, we're getting phone calls as well. Good. So we're going to put you to work. Okay. When, when's the best time to tri- uh, trim red stem dogwood? You can do your red stem dogwood any 
anytime now. Um, and now's a great time, especially if you want to cut it back for your um, your your fall or your winter decorations. Oh, sure, pots. yeah. And, and you might want to bring those pots in so the soil doesn't freeze. Um, and then you can use all those trimmings in there if you want. And that's a great way to recycle your, your trimmings. And then they go into the compost in the spring. And, Good idea. Yeah. yeah. Let's go uh, to the phones. I believe Ken is calling from uh, Egan. Ken, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Ken. Hi. Say, so last week I called about um, uh, dormant seeding. You said um, that was the day to do it. Otherwise, forget it for the year. And I thought you just said now wait until the ground is frozen or just before the snow. So when should I put that grass seed down? You know, I, I would definitely go to extension.umn.edu to verify what's being said. I'm not sure who was on last week. I'm not going to say oh. who, either one of us was right or wrong. But um, to my way of thinking, if you have it on too early, it gets taken by the birds. It might get washed away if we have a, a fall rain. So I would suggest putting it on just before the snow comes. That's And that's what I would suggest doing if you want to do dormant seeding. That way it's sitting on top of frozen ground and, and it's not going to go anywhere because the snow is going to protect it. If you can get it down earlier and maybe it presses into the ground when it's not frozen yet, but... But that, that's my opinion. Uh, I would definitely go to the, the website, though, and double-check. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, Ken. I remember Thanks. Ken's question uh, mm-hmm. before uh, about that. I guess it, it's a horse apiece because if – Yeah. And I think I'd go with you uh, yeah. because Julie and Mary, I think, mm-hmm. both said uh, there has to be seed to ground contact. There has to be seed to ground contact, right. yeah. But I agree with you. Yeah. If, it's, if the ground is frozen and we have no snow – right. Uh, the, it, the, the it'll wind, sit the, there, but it yeah. can get taken away. Um, and we don't know when the snow is coming. I mean, if we were really sure that the snow would be here in a week, I'd say go ahead. But you're not sure the snow's going to be here and stay in a week. And my issue, we talked <laughs> off the air, is getting rid of those leaves. The leaves that you just uh, blew off of because your yarn. I, because I do back. want to do more dormant seeding. Right. But I'll, I'll, I right. want to remove as many leaves yep. as I can yep. first. And so if you are dormant seeding, you do have to remove those leaves yeah. because yeah. you have to have that seed to soil contact. That's, That's really right. important to mention. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, I, you know, given the forecast that I'm looking at, uh, I think Ken could, would be uh, well served uh, to... Uh, you know, if, unless his ground is frozen yeah, already. Yeah, if the ground's frozen. I'm with you, though. I think I'd wait till the, the first snow Yeah, I like coming. to wait till just the fir- before the first snow falls because then then everything's just, it just holds in it place. down. It holds it down. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's see. Do-do-do. I have, Texter says, some older lilacs that are about 12 feet tall. Would like to trim them down to about 6 feet tall so they can establish new growth, et cetera, next spring. Can I do that now or should I wait until spring? You know, you can do that now. Um, I would go to the website, extension.umn.edu, for any of those those um, shrubs that you, well, uh, you can do it now. It's not the best time. Um, for any of those shrubs you want to do, and it's called renewal pruning. And in this case, you have a chance you can prune it down to six feet, but then you'll get a lot of growth at the top. You can trim them all the way down to the ground, um, and then it'll take a year or two before you, or three before you see flowers. But what you can do is you can leave some tall, take down a third of them all the way to the ground, and then next spring that will spur new growth. And in two years, that new growth will be three to five feet tall, and that will be blooming for you. Then the next year you take down half of what's really tall, 
And then the final third year, you take down the last of what's really tall. That way you, you get renewal pruning, you get your, your height down, and you get flowers every single year. And it's better to do that. Um, you know, I wouldn't, if you have to do it now, you have to do it now once the ground's frozen. But the best time to do this kind of pruning or any of the pruning on the deciduous trees is more toward the end of winter, um, Jan- uh, end of January into February. Okay. Before we break, I want to uh, bring in Tom in the conversation. Tom's calling from Minneapolis with a question. Tom, what is your question? Hey, Tom. Um, that's also a trimming question. I've got some ewes, uh, upright ewes I've got pruned into a really kind of a sharp triangle, mm-hmm. and I let them get too tall. Mm-hmm. They, they have to be brought down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing some research online because I need to take like at least two feet off the top and then you know, obviously shape them down so probably a good foot off each side. Mm-hmm. Line something, say, not to prune them this time of year because uh, of fear of the new growth coming out. However, I don't see that really being a deal. That's probably not the problem, yeah. Yeah. Um, so can I prune them that sharply now or can I do it? A lot of other stuff, information said you could also do it later winter which was kind of nebulous, what later was. Yeah, later winter is usually your January into February, um, and, and a lot of that is because you just don't want those wounds to be open and dry for so long. Okay. Yeah. All right, thank you, Tom. Um, and, and, Tom, with the with the ewes, they have growing points, so they'll you can prune back pretty far your ewes, but, oh, okay. again, only, only 25% every year. All right, 25 every year. Yeah. Very good. We need to take a break. Okay. Folks on the line, stay there. Texters, we're going to grab your uh, questions when we come back as well. And good morning. Welcome back to our uh, Lawn and Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden. And we have friends like uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney that help you out with your questions by phone and by text. Same number. Uh, so if you want to call in, talk to Teresa, you can do that at 651-989-9226. Or again, send a text using that uh, same number. All right, Teresa, we have a bunch of both. So All let's right. we have folks waiting on the line. Let's I want to keep them waiting too long. Roger is calling from one of my favorite cities, Owatonna. Roger, good morning. Hey, Roger. Good, good morning. Say, I've got a question on a, a, a red oak tree. I've got actually got two of them uh, that are uh, have uh, roots that are going to be girdling that stem uh, in a few years. They're still maybe six inches away from the trunk yet. The, the tree is maybe 20 years old, a mm-hmm. DBH of eight or something, you know. But uh, I went out to one to try to cut that root here mm-hmm. just a few days ago, and uh, it only looks from the top like it's an inch and a half wide. But as I started digging down beside it, it was uh, maybe close to three inches deep or thick, if you will. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Is that too? Is that too big a root to be no. cutting? Will I kill well, that tree? Or? If you don't kill it, that's not going to kill the tree um, by cutting that root because you're only cutting the one root. If you don't do anything, it will probably strangle the tree in the future, and that will kill the tree. So your best option is, um, you know, remove the soil so you know where that where that um, where the where the flare is, and then do cut any of those girdling roots. Uh, the university got a dispensation from their insurance company years and years ago, and they took air knives and they removed all of the um, the soil around the trees that had been planted too deep, and they did cut the roots and were able then to save most of the trees on campus. So that is something you do want to do. Yep, just go ahead, cut that one root. Um, it it will impact the tree, but it's a lesser impact than having the tree get strangled. All right, there you go, Roger. And Roger, if you're out and about the city of Owatonna and you run into Todd Hale, you say hi. 
I mean, Todd <laughs> was, uh, that was one of my early careers in radio. Oh, I was fun. Oh, and, uh, in fact, okay. I just talked to Todd not that long ago. Oh. Fun city. Nice city. Nice Small town. little world. All right. Let's see who's next. Uh, Pat is calling from uh, Arden Hills, I believe. Pat, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hey, Pat. Hi. Good morning. Is this a good time to um, trim oak trees? Um, you can if if you're bringing if you're bringing in a land uh, arbor, arborist, a certified arborist, they'll do it at the proper time. The better time would be later winter, um, January into February. But you can trim them now. Um, you want the temperature where there's going to be absolutely no chance of insects around. So at 40 degrees, there could be insects. I oh, see a lot of. Professional tree trimmers yep. doing oaks now, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I, like you said, it's. I, I think yep. it's preferred if you could wait. It, till it's the preferred dead of if you can do it later. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. I don't want to forget the textures either. Uh, is it okay that our leaves have not yet been cleaned up by our hired professional service? Sure. I that's, mean, that's that's totally fine. Yeah. As long as you can see. Uh, before the first big snowfall that's going to stay there, that's going to stay all year. As long as you can see, you know, 70% of your soil, your grass, you're fine. If, if you know, if it's all covered and the snow comes, that's not the best situation. So they're probably just working on it. Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll get there. Yep, they'll get there. I don't see uh, really just, just limited chances of snow around these parts. Right. Uh, Especially fact, snow enough snow. that's going to stay. Yeah. You know, that snow that's going to stay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's see. How about uh, getting uh, Gary on here from St. Louis Park? Gary, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hey, Gary. Hi, hi Teresa. Hi, Denny. Good morning. 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 Um, Teresa, I have uh, all the leaves that have blown off of my roof now have landed around the the. the the base of the house. I've got a, a burning bush and a couple of yews there. Mm-hmm. Should I clear those, or is it all right to just leave those now there as kind of a, a mulch for the winter? Um, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, it's fine if they stay there. However, that will leave um, a space um, uh, because they're right next to the house, and if you have mulch near your foundation, it's a nice way to, for mice to, like, hang out and then zip into your foundation during the little holes. So it's a little bit of cover. So if you have a mouse issue getting into the house, you may want to um, remove those. Otherwise, leaves on top of the soil is totally fine for plants. That's what Mother Nature does all the time. Teresa, here's a texter that said, uh, my mom for me grew a uh, hydrangea from one of her plants. I planted it in early September. What do I need to do to protect it for the winter? Oh, that's a really good question. So any plants that you've planted this year, uh, shrubs, trees, or perennials, what you want to do is make sure they go into winter as as hydrated as possible. And then once we get where the ground is starting to freeze or has frozen, you want to give them some protection. So you want to add a little bit more leaves around their base. You want to give them a winter mulching. And then if they are susceptible to any uh, critter damage, like rabbits or deer or voles, you want to put up your, your screens, your protection. And you should be putting up all your screens right now, all your fencing right now for everything. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's really important, especially for the for the perennials. They can pop out of the ground in January. They yeah, might not true. have enough roots uh, to hold themselves in. So you want to give them. You want that soil to freeze and stay frozen. It's the freezing and thawing that pops them out of the ground. All right, we have uh, about another half hour of the show to go, Teresa. So we'll uh, we'll take a quick okay. break here and invite our listeners to call. There's a line open if you want to fill it with uh, with chat for Teresa or uh, send her a text. Eight six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Either the phone call or the text. 
That number applies. 651-989-9226. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Danny Long here with the Master Gardener, Teresa Rooney, answering uh, your questions, your lawn and garden questions, by phone and by text. And, Teresa, as usual, we have both. Excellent. 651-989-9226 applies to both. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Maureen is calling from uh, Edina, I believe. Maureen, uh, good morning. You're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Maureen. Hi. I We had our underground, our wires, above wires, put underground this year. Mm-hmm. Um, year. And in coming back and cleaning up the job, they put grass seed all throughout my hosta beds, <laughs> wondering <laughs> what I should do. Oh, no. I, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry to laugh. Yeah. Um, Okay, so so obviously you can pull the grass out. Um, oh, dear. I don't know that you want to use a grass killer there. I think it's going to have to be a manual um, pulling out. Uh, I, I believe hostas are too close to grasses mm-hmm. that if you used a grass killer, it might kill the hostas. I, I'd want to double and triple check that first, but I, w- I think it's going to have to be a manual Pull out the grass as much as you possibly can, and then maybe do a heavy mulch. That may cause some slug issues and things like that. And then just keep on top of it. You could also carefully um, get a grass killer and carefully paint it on the grass while the grass is still alive. So that would be next spring um, because it's obviously gone now. Uh, But those are probably your best options. And I didn't mean to laugh. It just sounded sad and funny. Because they... Yeah. They, they tried to do good work. They tried to do good work, and yeah, that's overzealous. Didn't work so as, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's a that's yeah. a tough. That's a tough. A one, labor yeah. of love. Uh, it it was. A, yeah, it will have to be a labor of yeah. love. Thanks, Murray. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. And it could be a great time in the spring to pull up all your hostas, remove all the grass, divide your hostas, oh. and redo your hosta bed. There that you could go. Be, that could be how to do that. Take care of that then. Too. Another thought. Another thought. All right. Good luck, Maureen. Let's see. Uh, Texter says, uh, yeah, I guess it's time of year, folks, heading south. Any suggestions or ideas about caring for plants left behind when we go south for the winter? I have somebody that will come in once every two weeks to water. Mm-hmm. Any other hints or ideas I should think about? Sure. There's some, um, you know, setting them all like in the bathtub or in a place where, and then running a hose from a bucket of water into the plant so the plant can siphon off the water is a really good idea. You can go online and get ideas about that, um, how to do that. Uh, that's a great idea because then you can have one bucket, a big bucket, maybe set a bunch of your plants around it in a bright little area, and then all the tubes go into the bucket, and the plants basically suck up the water from the bucket. You'll, you'll have to f- go online like YouTube or something. I'll show you how to do that. Uh, go to the extension.umn.edu website. Probably a good, good way to, to do that, too. Um, as long as the plants are just, you know, getting enough light and it's not too cold, it's not too hot in your house, and they can get their water, they're, they're pretty much going to be okay. Yeah, Yeah. let's mention that website again. Yep. We like to do that because, especially this time of year, it's yep. great reading it's great during reading. inclement yep. weather. Mm-hmm. That's extension.umn.edu. And if I can just mention, there's an article by Mary Myers. She's talking about the um, the legumes, the lawns to legume program. And it's also your yard can be the the whatever it is. Your yard can be the solution, can be the, the change as BEE. Mm-hmm. And the state is sending out um, or starting a new program where you can get grants to put bee-friendly yards in your yard and you can get a grant and the applications How will about start that? soon. So they have designated areas where they really want more pollinators and so you can go online and see uh, Mary's article and it'll tell you how to get there and 
how to change your lawn into a bee lawn. And if you, even if you don't get the grant, we have some great ideas on the website. Excellent. Yep. All right. We'll mention that website before yep. Teresa leaves us today, too. You want to call in your question or text at same number, 651-989-9226. And there is a phone line open if you want to use it. All right. Let's uh, grab, boy, got a bunch of text messages as usual. So a texter says, I had a really weird way of trimming shrubbery. I would trim the inside part of the shrubbery down really low and leave the outside to where it was and let the inside get new growth and then trim the outside down to where the inside was so we could get new growth. That way I would always have new growth on the bush. Okay, that works. It worked. Yep, depending on what plants, sure. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. true. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. My sister, Texas, has recently dug up iris to share. Is it too late to plant? If so, how do I store over the winter? I would try to get them planted right now. Um, Do whatever you can to get the ground thawed out, especially for the bearded irises. They're really tough. Stick them in the ground. Um, Maybe add a bunch of compost if you can so they'll be nice and happy. And then normally I would not say to mulch your irises, but in this case, maybe just mulch them because you're planting them so very late. But pull that mulch off really early in the spring. Teresa, from time to time we talk about, we mentioned, you know, you're, you're a master gardener. Mm-hmm. What time of year do those classes begin for those that are interested in becoming a master gardener? Well, it's too late. Oh, it is too late for this. Um, <laughs> this I mean, well, it's... At least for Hennepin County. Okay. Um, we've already accepted, we had, uh, we had like 150 applications. Wow. We accepted, we interviewed, oh, I don't know, we're, I think we're bringing in, or maybe it wasn't that many, um, and then we accepted about 80 new master gardeners into the program. I think that's but I could have the numbers all wrong. How do you too. become a master gardener? Well, you apply, and then you you get a little test, and it's really super easy. They just want to see how are you thinking and how are you solving this problem. How would you answer this problem for the public? And then um, you, you in Hennepin County, we have a little interview process where you get to come in and answer like 10 questions to a little uh, three-people uh, uh panel and then we just say you know is this person going to work in the program do do they want to are they a master gardener are they you know just an untrained master gardener they love to learn they love to teach the public and they want to share their knowledge and they're able to do that and and then they come into the program and then all of these new interns or new master gardeners will be taking the core course out at the arboretum uh january into february and some will be taking it online uh, outstate, and they can co- do a combo. They can do any, they can do it uh, at the ARB, or they can do it online, or they can do any combination thereof. All right. Yeah. So we're really excited to welcome in our new interns. Congratulations. And, yeah, yeah. 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 We're really excited. 651-989-9226 is our phone number if, and, and the text number. So you can call in your question for Teresa or, or send her a text. And you really should just save that on your phone so it's there all I the agree. time. I agree. Speed mm-hmm. dial. Yeah, speed dial. As they used to call mm-hmm. All right, here's a text that says, I live on, on a lake in Cambridge, had a new box mound drain field installed. What can I plant on top of this drain field? I would like to plant some kind of uh, ornamental grass. Not too high, since the box mound is above ground. I understand that roots can't be too deep and plants right. should be oh, this, uh, drought This is tolerant. one of my favorite kind of yeah? questions because I don't get to answer it that much in the cities. Um, so what you want to do is go online, and there's a wonderful book called The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites. One of the, one of the pages is planting on a septic mound. Go there, and it will give you some great ideas of what to plant out there. 
because you don't want to be walking on it. You don't want to be um, having to do a lot of care. You don't want to be fertilizing. You don't want to do all that kind of stuff, and it doesn't. And you want to look at the roots. But uh, best plants for thirty tough sites and what to plant on a septic mound. Mm-hmm. And, right there. and as usual, you mentioned the Arboretum a bit ago, and that mm-hmm. it's a, such a great place to visit. It is. I mean, there's things going on all, all year round. All the time. Round. There's always fun things No matter to go the on. season. No matter the season. They have yeah. the coolest things out there. And I didn't look this morning. As I didn't wake up early enough to double-check all the cool things they have going on. But there's always something fun going on. What, what, what do you gardeners, especially master gardeners, do now during the winter? If you live in this part of the country, you can't go outside and dig in the... We can't go outside and dig, but most master gardeners we're still teaching classes uh-huh. uh we're still uh going to indoor markets we're out at the arboretum ask a master gardener let's talk plants um we're doing classes uh lots of them are still working with the school students um and then uh, maybe elder care high rises so we've got a lot of different projects going on mm-hmm. excellent yeah all right, I'll tell you what let's do. Uh, we've got texters, callers. Uh, there's a line open if you want to call in your question, but don't wait because uh, Teresa will be here for about another ooh, 12, 13 minutes or so. So if you want a lawn or garden question answered, call it in or text it in right now as we head uh, to this break. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Danny along here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, welcoming your phone calls and text messages. Same number, 651-989-9226. And I see a line is open. You want to call before Teresa leaves us. Uh, today. She'll be back. I'll be I'm, back. I'll be today. back. <laughs> Just today. Just like that bag, yeah. Penny. I'll turn back, You'll be back. back again. Uh, let's go back to the phone, Teresa. Dean is calling from uh, Farmington, I believe. Dean, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hey, Dean. Good morning. How can we help you, Dean? Oh, I wonder if I can cut some of the lower branches off of an evergreen tree without doing damage to the tree or killing it. Um, it, it depends. You If you have to do it so you can walk underneath, so you can get through, um, I, I would limit how much you're going to do. Uh, you never want to do more than 25% of the tree. Um, I would definitely go to the extension website and double check uh, if you're talking about a pine or an evergreen or a yew or a juniper, which tree you're talking about and make sure that's the proper time of the year to do it. And understand most evergreens have branches that go all the way to the ground because they have a really shallow root system. It's really fibrous. So those branches all the way to the root ground keep those roots shaded and cool and damp. So by raising that canopy, raising that up a little bit, you're going to let more sun in and so you could see some more, um, there could be some damage to some of those roots. So you may just want to make sure that the tree gets the extra water. But you can, there's no laws against not pruning it, um, but again, limit any pruning to 25% of anything every year and um, go to the extension website to make sure you've got the timing right. Does that hold true for uh, uh, things like a U? Yep. Same yep. thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, a U, most of us don't grow U trees. We grow U Hedge. shrubs. So so that that's still about 25% you want to take off. But they're not quite as fibrous root system. And well, they don't have shorter. the same uh, root system. They they still have a fibrous root system, but you're not talking a big, huge tree. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a little bit different. It, you, it's not as shaded and it's not as protected. Good All question. Right. Very good. Both of you, Denny and Dean, good questions. <laughs> good. Sometimes it happens. Uh, Laura is calling in from uh, Lakeville, I believe. Uh, let's see. Uh, Laura, you're on CCO. Hi, Laura. Okay. Uh, hi. Actually, we're not in Lakeville at the moment. We're on I-35 headed for Iowa to the football game for the Gophers. Oh, oh Gophers. Bring them luck. Yes. Okay. Go, 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 go. Okay. okay. I have a quick question. My husband has a thumb down. He's from Iowa. 
Oh, <laughs> but he's driving because it's a hands-free in Minnesota, so yes, you're not driving. Okay, dri- okay. He's driving. Yes. Okay. Uh, we have a hackberry tree. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. I've never seen. Yeah, one they're wonderful. It was on our, mm-hmm. It's huge. It's pretty. They are. It was on the property when we got there. Yep. Um, but it's been sending up sucker shoots every year, yep. and over the years, my husband, I think mostly him and sometimes me, trimmed a couple of those sucker shoots down. Mm-hmm. But then they come back like tenfold, and now we've got this mess of shrub, uh, tangled up mess of, you know, shoots yep. coming up. Yep. And, what, uh, we don't want to kill the tree. No, you, I mean, you uh, won't. Um, what do you do? How just, do you get rid of all those? Just keep cutting them. That's what you have to do. You just keep cutting them down to the ground. Uh, trees like hackberries and willows and things and aspen, that's how they propagate. They do a lot of suckering, and it's just the nature of the tree, and you just have to keep on top of it um, and just keep you know mowing them over, cutting them off, and the tree itself is going to be fine. Uh, but, yeah, they are a beautiful tree. They're a big tree. They're really hardy. Definitely a nice Minnesota tree. But they can sucker, so you just have to have to keep on top of the suckers, keep cutting them. And, Laura, as your uh, husband is driving to uh, Iowa, we've got a bunch of Iowa jokes I'm sure he's heard. <laughs> but, no, better not. He's driving. You've got to keep him concentrating. Got to keep that. him concentrating. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, th- thanks, Laura, for the call. <laughs> Uh, let's go to Aggie calling from Brooklyn Center uh, this morning. Aggie, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Aggie. Hi. I just uh, I have a great big, huge. I mean, I got this as a gift probably about five, six years ago. A little tiny aloe vera plant, mm-hmm. and it has reproduced and reproduced, and I've transplanted, and I've given away, and now just about growing out of my window. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it just needs support to hold it up, you know, on the windowsill. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering if there's any way that I could contact somebody. It's a beautiful, beautiful plant. Mm-hmm. If I could, uh, I mean, it's just reproducing all the time. Mm-hmm. Are you looking to find it a, a different home? Is that what you're looking right. for? Um, you know, um, this is always really hard because even as master gardeners, we, we tend to get big plants and we never know what to do with them. Um, something like that, you know, contact um, some local area um, businesses, um, like like a, your local school. Do they have a library? I know one of the schools I, I teach at sometimes has a beautiful bunch of plants all throughout their 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 um their 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 schoolyard and their and their school building. Um, contact your a church, a local church. Sometimes they have um, plants, or ask in your local church. Maybe there's somebody who has a big big area that they want to um, an aloe vera or uh, a senior living care center. Um, so contact some of those kinds of businesses, um, maybe even your library, and see if they have um, a place for it, if they would want it. And and I would go that way. And you could do that with any of your really big, healthy house plants that are just too big for your little house, but maybe perfect for some public area. You were mentioning earlier, thanks, Aggie. Thanks, uh, Aggie. Of, of, of Master Gardeners going to various places, senior, mm-hmm. pl- yep. uh, things like that. Yep. How do they... I'm not going to try to book you up here, right, but I, right. how, how do they get in touch with a, okay. a Master Gardener sure. program? For, so, so what you want to do is you want to contact your county extension, Master Gardeners. Oh, okay. And here in, in Hennepin County, you would contact our most wonderful um, coordinator, Terry Straub, who I just love, and he is amazing for our program. He just coordinates us all. It's like run, like herding cats or grasshoppers, but <laughs> the man is amazing. But yeah, you, so you contact uh, contact your county agent, your county um, extension master gardener office, and let them know this is what we're looking for, and then they can get it out to their master gardeners and see if there's someone who wants to do this program, somebody who wants to do this this presentation. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. In Hennepin, we're blessed with 
over 450 master gardeners. We're very busy, but we always welcome more requests. Over 400? We have over 400, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so we, and we're just getting bigger all the time, and the need is so great. And I, we just love the fact that people are wanting to garden and wanting to learn. It's amazing. Now, what about guys? Are there men involved? In there the, are master? more men, and we would love more men in. But, yeah, we've gotten a lot of young men into the program now. Oh, that's great. Um, so it's still, it's still a little weighted on one side to, toward, the, toward the female. But, um, but yeah, we've, we're getting more. We're getting a lot of young people, and we love to see that young people. We're getting, like, the early, you know, the 20s to the 30s. Well, that's good to hear. It's those 35 to 45s who are busy with their kids and everything, it's a little harder to get them in because they're so busy with other things. Um, yeah. Um, and so many people think it's something you can do after retirement, and it is, but it is something that you can do before you retire too. Great therapy, I would it's, think. Oh, it's wonderful. And if you like plants and you like to talk about plants and you don't want to get divorced from your spouse because you keep talking about <laughs> plants all the time, it's a great way to have find a different tribe to talk about those plants and those bugs and those fungi. Um, and then you can keep all your regular friends and your family, too. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. All right. The perfect. It's perfect. Uh, let's see, Teresa. We've, uh, I think we've covered just about, oh, I, I, I see another uh, text. It's kind of jumped around, so okay. let, let's do this. All right. See if I can figure this out. Okay. Uh, good morning, it says. Our townhouse development allows us to plant our own plants in the landscape rock around the townhouse. Sure. About three to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if I can. They love lilacs, Texter says. Okay. Is there a miniature lilac to plant next spring? Love your show. There is not a miniature lilac. Uh, probably if it's a nice sunny area, I'd go with one of the beautiful spireas. Uh, that could be an option for you. Or if you can t- find a tiny Wygela, that will be another option for you, give you those spring colors. Um, if it's if it's a east-facing location, think of an azalea or rhododendron as long as you don't have limestone rock. Uh, but lilacs, you're never going to keep them small enough. You probably want to keep them under four to five feet. I'm guessing that's what the code would be. So just go to the extension website and extension.umn.edu, and there is a Sullis uh, connection there. Plants, uh, you know, flowering shrubs at certain heights, and you can look at that and see if there's anything that works for you. Well, excellent. And the yeah. website again? Extension.umn.edu. Excellent. Now, you mentioned spirea. I know we're mm-hmm. almost out of time. Yep. But we always get questions about trimming. Do I need to trim it? When do I trim Mm -hmm. it? Or do I just let them go? You never need to trim your plants. The plants can take care of themselves. However, if they're planted in an area where you like a little more formal, a little certain height, you can trim them. Best time to trim almost all of your plants except your spring-blooming plants like lilacs, azaleas, would be in the spring. Okay. But you do want to protect them because otherwise the bunnies will trim them for you in the wintertime. And if that's okay, that's okay. All right. Well, it's been okay here. It's been okay. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Thanks, Teresa. It's always great to see you. you. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney helping us out today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.